Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello again, Perfect Soul and Cosmic Family. Welcome to this very special episode of the Awakening Point podcast or the Matt Belair podcast, depending on how you're going to look at it, because this is an episode that I did with my new friend, Michael Panilla over at the Awakening Point, um, where the microphone is switched and I am interviewed. And uh, I thought it'd be interesting to share the thoughts. I asked his permission to share it with you guys. So this is where we go down the rabbit hole with me and he allows me to open up and I talk about uh, Mount Everest, training with Shaolin monks. Uh, I've talked a little bit about my experience at the Envision Festival. This is the first time that I've shared it. I've also shared it on YouTube. So um, it's the first time that I shared that story. So we definitely go down the rabbit hole and I've cut this up into two parts. So I hope that you'll enjoy um, me being on the other side of the microphone. If you've never heard me speak before about some of my experiences, um, I want to thank you guys who are supporting the podcast. It means a lot. Um, shares are super helpful. If you like the episode, please share it. Um, leaving a review is the easy thing you can do. Shares and leave reviews. And this one is from uh, Butterfly in NYC. And the title says, Awesomeness. There's so there's such an amazing warmth and sincerity that radiates from Matt Belair and his drive to share these inspiring, enlightening, and deep interviews and perspectives with others. His contagious smile alone is worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, I really appreciate that. And uh, I just appreciate you guys taking the time to share and leave reviews. Um, big shout out to Anne Ramsey, who supported me on Patreon. You guys could also do that. And a massive, gigantic shout out to Rock Savant, who introduced me to Steemit, which is a cryptocurrency blog. So if there are any Steemit users over there and you want to support, I guess you post your content on Steemit. And if the community likes it, they upload it and you can make some sort of crypto dollars. Um, don't exactly know how it works, but it's working. And Rock Savant has uh, hooked me up. He wrote a very beautiful article about my work. Um, so some of you are supporting me in, in creative ways that I can't even imagine. So anything is helpful and it is appreciated because I'm dedicated to bringing these stories to you guys. I work really hard on it and to see it come back and to see, you know, people being helped is, is why I do it. And to get a little bit um, back in these creative ways, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. And I appreciate it. Um, because it helps. Um, I want to do a better job. I want to create more content and uh, bring you guys amazing guests at the best quality. So I hope that you guys will enjoy this episode. I um, want to thank my po- my sponsor, Purium. If you use bit.ly forward slash activate health, you'll get $50. Um, and you can use that on CBD. They have a great gut product. They have basically the leading products in sports, nutrition, health, wellness, cleansing, and also... Um, Sync Tuition, which is 3D state-of-the-art binaural beats. And if you go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves, you can get three free tracks. Um, and those of you guys who want coaching and consulting and things like that, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. So you either need to be really serious about you know taking that next level or um, you're a CEO and you want to learn how to 
realize flow state and peak performance in the workplace, which is a lot about stress reduction. Um, and, and it's, you know, using multiple facets, not one quick and easy fix. So it's a little bit of a different approach, but it does have amazing results. So if you guys want that, or you want me to come to your book clubs or whatever, I'm always happy to zoom in because that's a, t- that's a ton of fun. So you just need to reach out, just send an email and I'm happy to show up. Um, and you can ask me questions and we can just do whatever. Um, and it's always good times. So just reach out Matt at zenathlete.com. So that's it. This is going to be part one. And before we get into it, obviously, let's get into a state of peace and coherence. And what I'll invite you to do is make the firm decision to be loving, kind, and compassionate to yourself, to be your number one cheerleader, and to be kind to others. So wherever you are in the world, just stop and take in a deep breath in through your nose. Connecting with yourself connecting with universal source energy, holding that breath in as you imagine divine golden platinum light coming down from the universe and pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose, connecting with that universal source energy as you see the energy from the earth coming up through your feet, connecting you to Mother Earth. And just make this firm decision within your mind now, setting the intention to be your number one supporter, to make all your thoughts and all your internal dialogue to be kind, compassionate, and supportive, and forgiving, and whatever you need to be your number one cheerleader. And just let that firm decision pulse through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as it's confirmed and supported by the universe and the earth. As you let that breath out slowly with all the limitations, all the old criticisms, all the old doubts, and old programming with it taking one more deep breath in through your nose and really doubling this firm commit to be, commitment to be loving kind and compassionate to yourself and filling yourself up with self-love energy awareness and sending out love and peace and kindness to the entire planet moving about your days now realizing that you are kind and compassionate to yourself and you are kind and compassionate to others through action through word through deed through thought and see yourself seamlessly and easily and peacefully and abundantly and in enthusiastically move through life connected with spirit with yourself with your surroundings with your environment and with all beings in it so thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode with the incredible host michael panilla and yours truly on the other side of the microphone Should I share it on my Facebook when we go live? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, you can actually uh, share it on your Facebook. That would be cool. There'll be um, there'll be more uh, more viewers. Uh, where where do you go to the awakening point or your page? I think I tagged you in it, so it, it should be okay. on there already. Down. And we're live, everyone, beaming to you directly from a secret location in the Aussie outback and the United States. Wait till you hear who we've got online with us today. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about this gentleman. He's got experience in Zen, martial arts, neuro-linguistics programming, meditation, sports psychology, life coaching, and conscious living. He's an author, speaker, podcast host, 
and conscious thought leader who has studied meditation in Nepal, survived a near-death experience while trekking Everest, trained MMA with pro fighters in Thailand, and listen to this, spent time in China training with Shaolin monks. Now, folks, what I'd like to do is welcome live Mr. Matt Belair. Matt, welcome to our show, brother. Oh, man. It's great to meet you, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Dude, wow. Just having a quick chat with you before we went live. Um, You have done so much. And as I was saying before, um, I've just got so much respect for human beings who follow you know, their path, who follow their bliss. And um, brother, you, you are really following your bliss. It's an absolute honor to have you on, Matt. Uh, Thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. So, wow, a near-death experience while trekking Everest. Tell us a little bit about that one. Good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, It's a good start. I'll try to give you the the short story. It could be the long one, but uh, I've had a few in my life, and uh, that was maybe the first and most profound but uh you know it was the big travel that i had in and i wanted to meditate with tibetan monks and uh i realized first of all when i tried to do that tibet is still occupied by china so i had to go to nepal and so when i arrived in nepal the first question i asked was like hey are you going to trek mount everest and i didn't even clue in that everest was there so i was like i guess like if i'm here i i guess i'm trekking everest so um, it was in the winter. It was in February, I think, January, late January, February, and um, I was tre- and I was trekking up. And there's two peaks you can see. Gokuri is supposed to be more beautiful. You get a better view of the Himalayas. And there's Everest Base Camp, which is most popular. So I was like, I realized I could do both. So I did about uh, four days up, and I got to Gokuri. Then I had to do one day down and three days up to Everest Base Camp. And so on the second, on the first day back up. Um, it snowed a little bit and it was kind of funny and like it's high up in the Himalayas. The second day, it uh, it snowed an incredible amount. It snowed like 40 to 60 centimeters. And what had happened was when I got to go Kiri, um, it was sunny every single day. And when we got to the viewpoint, he's like, okay, you can hike up another hour and get the viewpoint or we can go in the morning. So we had been hiking all day and it had been sunny all day. So we decided that we'll go in the morning. And when I wake up, uh, I couldn't see anything. It was so foggy. We couldn't see anything at all. It's the first foggy day. So you hike up for five days. You know, this is the point. You, you, know, you can't go back. But I guess you can like one time in your life. And so I was so pissed. I was so, so angry. And it took me like I was walking down and just like trying to get out of my this anger, like trying to get out of this anger. And so when it snowed, the guides basically told me, is like, I had a flight to Thailand to go train MMA. And they're like, if you don't go up to get to this next checkpoint, you're not going to see base camp. I'm like, F that, I have got to go. <laughs> so we're the only ones who leave. And we start walking and it's so deep. It's knee and waist, knee and waist deep, you know, knee and waist deep in some spots. And it's kind of funny at first, but what happens is if you've ever walked in knee and waist deep snow, it takes a lot of your energy. So I'm sweating profusely after like two hours and haven't gone anywhere trying to get through this valley. So we duck down uh, kind of like off our path and uh, find this little hut. We hadn't gone anywhere, maybe like half a kilometer, something stupid. And um, now at this point, I'm all of my stuff is soaking wet and I'm pretty, I'm two days off of base camp. So I'm really high up. And, uh, and so I'm drenched and soaking wet, like we got to keep going. So we keep going. And then at this point now it's getting darker 
and I'm drenched with sweat internally and all my stuff is, is wet and my body starts to shut down a little bit. And, uh, basically I start to sports psychology myself as like, I have unlimited energy, you know, this is fine, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And I keep doing that. We get to another pitch and we see people coming and they're like, Hey, don't go up. We're the only ones who've left to go down and you shouldn't go. My guys look at me and they're basically like, if you don't go, you're not going to see it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going, I don't care. And so it's this huge next pitch. And as I start to go up this pitch, it's getting colder, it's getting darker. And, um, and, and uh, I'm just drenched with sweat. And my body starts to slowly shut down more and more and more. I keep saying it's fine, I'm, I'm okay, I can do this. And uh, I start to lean on rocks. And I start to take these little breaks. And because this is a really steep, it's not all super steep, but this part was a very steep part. And um, I start to lean on rocks and lean on rocks. And then eventually I get to this point where my voice outside of myself said, it's okay, Matt, go to sleep. You'll be fine. It was like myself telling myself it was so weird. And at that point, I was like, oh, oh, shit, (laughs) this is not good. So I kind of (laughs) like kind of like recognize that. And I'm basically on a super steep pitch. It's so windy. Um, I'm not I like my body. It's gone beyond past like cold and uncomfortable. And uh, I just kind of walk up and I was like, I get to the top of this pitch and it's the Everest graveyard. And I was like, oh, my God, of course. And so I basically keep walking. Um, I finally get to, it's pretty far still. I, I make it, there's, I have to cross this river and I, and they're trying to find these spots to get across nicely. I just walk across. I don't even care. I could just fall down and see that cabin and just let the body go get inside. I can't stay warm. And, um, and I get up the next day, I make it to, to base camp. I was like, okay, you guys got to hell me out of here because like, I am not, I'm not good. I couldn't get my, any energy back. I get down to the bottom and I find out that it was a record breaking snowstorm that they had. And, uh, what the doctor told me, he's like, basically your body was shutting down because number one, you're at altitude, but it's like doing a CrossFit, you know, beyond CrossFit, um, at altitude with the body sweating and then cold. So I was like shutting So I had everything working against me. And uh, he's like, yeah, your body was shut down. If you would have fallen asleep, there would have been no uh, helicopters in or out, and your body probably just would have went out. So um, so I got through it. Still here. Whoa, dude. So you actually <laughs> kind of like heard yourself kind of saying to yourself at that moment, like, it's okay, Matt, like you can go to sleep. Yeah, it was me. That's what it was really, that was really odd. And that's when I knew I was in trouble because it was, it was like outside. It wasn't like an internal dialogue thing. It was like a separate thing. And I was like, whoa. But it was me. So yeah. So I was like, okay, (laughs) I am in trouble. Uh, Get through this. So I just went into like full on like robot mode or something. Wow. Uh, That's, that's amazing. You know what, what started you actually walking your path this way what when was it that you actually made the conscious decision that okay i'm not going to just cave in and and live a life kind of like just doing a normal job to pay bills or whatever i'm gonna actually follow my bliss uh it's a good question i get that one a lot actually and i my response is i was made like this i think you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I love martial arts, but I was always curious what humans were capable of and what I was capable of. And so, you know, I was really inspired by martial arts. I'd do meditation. I'd punch things. You know, I would uh, explore meditation. And, and Bruce Lee was a huge mentor of mine. 
And, you know, into my teens, I just kept exploring consciousness, meditation, lucid dreaming, astral projection, anything that would allow me to like understand myself more and understand my mind, how to heal myself. I was like, oh man, I bet you I could learn how to heal myself. And I didn't realize that these were weird thoughts to have. I thought they were normal. I was like, obviously you could heal yourself. Obviously we can do these things. Obviously, you know, look, you can do this. It just came naturally to me. And um, so then when, you know, kind of college was done, um, I wanted to go snowboarding and I just went out to Whistler and I snowboarded for eight years and I just kind of continued that down the path of um, just learning about these concepts, exploring them, uh, traveling, reading, just doing whatever I could, but also being in, in a high performance environment, getting as good at snowboarding as I, as I could be, uh, learning more about the mental game of sport, things like that. And so when there came a point in the snowboarding where I was like, I'm ready to take the next step. I really want to pursue this and see, you know, touch the limits and, and, and be around the world's best. And that's when I, you know, I wanted to learn enlightenment. So it's like, okay, I want to be enlightened. Who's enlightened? You know, it's like Tibetan monks. That's the best. So let's go there. And I want to learn MMA. So who's the best at that? Let's go to a professional training camp in Thailand. And, um, and, uh, you know, who superhuman performance, who, who is beyond that than Shaolin monks. So I went down to China and trained with Shaolin monks that could break stone with two fingers and, and thicker pieces over his head. And so I want to get to the bottom of this, figure out, is that real? Or can they actually do it? If they can, how the heck do they do it? And then what, what of that can I apply to my own life? So since then, it's been, it's been uh, a pursuit. It's been uh, a love and uh, it's, it's just like a way of life, man. It's just like the way that I see it is we have this incredible planet, our body, our our body is such incredible technology, you know, with, within the human body. It's such incredible technology. And, you know, we're not honoring our bodies, I don't think. And we're not realizing how much power we have. And I think that when the podcast that I had today, we touched on it a little bit. And it's literally just the, the idea of, you know, getting into the body. That's what we're not doing. So the, the guests that I had on talked about breathing and you can do these interesting things through breath or yoga. You're getting into the body and you're starting to recognize how beautiful, special this like multidimensional temple is. But we're so conditioned to be outside the body. So we're not even recognizing like this magic that we have. And that's what those practices are doing are getting you in the body. So at a young age, through sport and through meditation and through martial arts, I was in the body. And so I think it was the body's intelligence kind of nudging me, you know, it's like you are fine. No matter what can happen, like life can get stressful. It can be challenging. You can fail. You know, you can get frustrated and pissed off like everybody else. But ultimately, you're fine. You know what I mean? You're going to be fine. And and let's explore this. Let's explore what excites you. Let's explore your own limits. Let's explore the planet. And so I've just kind of been doing that quite a bit. So inspiring, Matt. So inspiring. I'm making a lot of sense about uh, getting getting into our bodies, getting to really uh, experience, in, experience the this simulation through the avatar kind of thing. Um, now... Tell us a little bit about uh, Zen Athlete. I was just uh, putting it up on the screen there uh, while you were talking. Um, and that's one of the websites of yours that I was kind of like having a look at before the live cast started. Um, so you've got like uh, mattbelair.com. You've also got Zen Athlete. Um, and I see like just um, in, in your journeys, there's, there's a lot of sport stuff there um there's a, you're, you're obviously doing a lot of coaching with athletes as well are you 
Yeah, I was. I, you know, I go back and forth because the thing with me is I, I travel and then, uh, you know, I'll work with people here and there. But I have in the past worked a lot with athletes, um, working with one or two right now. And um, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, lots of people are, are using Zen Athlete and they're, you know, they're you know, writing me and stuff like that. So the pro- there's an online program as well that people can go through. Um, and yeah, so with that, you know, what... It started when I went to Whistler and uh, people were snowboarding and they didn't know how to quiet their mind. They didn't know about internal dialogue. They didn't know how to visualize their tricks. And this is just stuff that I took for granted, snowboarding. And um, so I kept learning and and sharing this and learning and sharing it. And then I was like, I think this needs to be for all athletes. Um, And basically the book is a compilation of all the best sports psychology and mental training techniques that I've learned that actually work. Um, So it's tools and processes and challenges. It's like you will... When I read a book, I want to, I want to, you know, if it says learn to meditate, I better know how to meditate at the end to get the result. If it's like how to get strong legs, I better, it's about how to organize my checkbook, whatever, better tell me how. And, and I, and so my book is kind of designed like that. Um, but the thing about it is like, it could be Zen life. It could be Zen business because the idea is that, you know, one of the athletes that I had is a freestyle motocross rider and he called me, he's like, Hey, I was coaching a friend of his and he's like I heard you're good um, I fell on a front flip on my motorcycle um, I want to land a front flip and s- some other variations so we have a coaching call and I say hey man your mental game's good um, you don't have to read my book but you should um, you know just to kind of get more familiar um, you don't have to do any of the things all you actually have to do is visualize that trick every single day um, until you know you can land it it's going to take you about two weeks uh, three weeks later he lands a front flip uh Two or three weeks after that, he lands the world's first front flip heel clicker on a motorcycle. Uh, I think three weeks after that, he lands the world's first front flip Superman on a motorcycle and didn't practice it once. Just went out there and stuck it. And uh, so if you take the necessity, these guys with extreme sports, there's a necessity to master the mental game, to have a full commitment to all of your mental capacities and awareness. If you can take that necessity into everyday life, into business, into your life, um, so when I was, then you're unstoppable. So the Shaolin monks that could break the stone with two fingers and the big ones over his head, when I interviewed him and asked him how he did it, essentially it was years of hard Qigong conditioning the fingers and uh, soft Qigong, um, basically, you know, meditation and moving the energy. That's it. Years of it. So what if, you know, self-mastery was incredibly simple, but it had to be done repetitively? What if you, you chose a vision and it's not a front flip heel clicker, it's not a triple back flip on your snowboard, it's not this. You apply all those principles to your vision, you're going to do it and you have a life to create it. The thing is we don't give ourselves the vision. We don't, we don't set that time to think and that's why um, I share there's a meditation I have called the heart journey. And uh, this came out of nowhere for a friend of mine. I was just trying to help him. He's so analytical. He couldn't figure out what he wanted um, in life. And I just did this meditation when I was done. I was like, that's a unique meditation. I've never experienced anything like that. And it's kind of like the first thing that kind of came through. And um, basically, I, hit, I know hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, visualization, meditation. It's all the same thing. Relax the mind. Take it through a guided experience. That's it. Um, so I hypnotized him into his heart, asked him a series of questions. And what came through was like an aligned vision. So this is the best and most powerful technique I've ever seen. Uh, I've done it with really rich people. I've done it with people with nothing. And it's the same thing. People want to contribute. They want to grow in things and learn what they're uh, about. They want to be around good people. And that's what we want in our life. And that's what it gets narrowed down. And what happens is all that nonsense begins to fall away. And you really just put to the forefront what's important. 
So you figure out that vision, you apply the techniques like the Shaolin monk and these principles over five years of time, then now you're creating and designing your life. Make sense? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we're really kind of talking like visualizing and almost like we're setting our intent on the, um, you know, through the visual process. Is it something like that? Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, you know, visualization is one part of it. There's like nine components, which I actually don't even remember right now. But it's like, you know, belief, simulation, fitness and nutrition. Uh, Zen is the center point, doing it all through uh, perspective, uh, hypnosis. So everything's in there as far as the techniques. And so when you use them all together, then it's like this, just this energetic, you know, co-creative force that you're, you're using. And the reason why I did Zen Athlete is because this is something that you can teach the kids. And uh, my hope, my goal is to popularize the mental game of sport, making it normal that all kids in youth organizations and schools around the world learn the basics of the mental game as a part of their teaching. And even more than that, bringing the philosophy of martial arts into all sports. So using sport as a catalyst to develop your mind, your body, and your spirit. Because it's not about being the best. It's not even about winning. It's about being your best. It's about your progression. And that's what I love about skateboarding and martial arts and and extreme sports. It's supportive. You know what I mean? Let's compete in a fun way, right? Not because I'm better than you and, and, you know, that camaraderie. Sports are a really beautiful thing. And um, I think we've we've really done a a culturally a really crap job on what it can do to inspire people, especially on the the main stage. The UFC is an example of, you know, they they want the gladiator, but not like this, this respect of where martial arts came from. So... You know, you can teach a kid a basketball shot. Hey, little Tommy, you know, you take a shot, take three deep breaths and clear your mind. So that's a fundamental shift in consciousness right there. Someone who can clear their mind and someone who cannot. Visualize the shot going in. You create your reality. You miss the shot. What's the most powerful and positive perspective you can have? So your perspective changes everything. So those are three fundamental shifts in consciousness that you can see to a kid right away. And with those, with that principle, you, you navigate life with a, with a more empowering toolbox and they won't even know they're learning it. If you tell them to meditate so they're better at sport, they're going to be inspired to do that. If you tell them to just sit down, they're probably not going to do it. So that's the goal there. But if you have a business or like it's like it can be Zen life, it's the best, you know, personal development, biohack, whatever you want to call it that, that I've come across and I read a lot of it. Dude, we are so in sync. I mean, I can't believe what, what you just brought up because just before the live cast i was talking to my son he's 11 and as i mentioned to you we uh where we are now we're out in the aussie outback for a week and tonight we're going to go on the ufo uh highway and my son was saying dad do you think we'll really see ufo and i said to him well if you really want to we probably will and he's just looked at me and gone whoa okay i get that yeah i want to and now you've just brought up this stuff with the kids in shifting their their consciousness visualization um you know that's so interesting man so very interesting yeah it's it really it's, it's like really simple concepts because in, in in extreme sports it's it's very immediate right if you don't believe you're going to land the backflip you probably shouldn't go ahead and do it right so if we're setting the intention for what we want to create but then letting it go and not being attached to it right just like yes i'm intending this oh it didn't happen that's fine that's totally fine, right? I can intend again. I can try again. I can go again, and it's okay. And so um, with that perspective, you're, you're golden, and you're, you're empowering. We're always creating. We're either creating on purpose or by on default, but we're creating. 
right? And so that's bringing the consciousness back in, but doing it from the most empowering, positive perspective that we can hold at that time with whatever we're experiencing, because life is just continuous challenge, continuous problem solving, continuous experience. And so when we get clear on the things that we want to experience and we want to create, like, what would you create if you dedicated four, let's say, uh, 10 hours a week for 10 years to anything? You're going to do it. You know, I want to make, I want to make a thousand bucks a month passively. Okay. There's your idea. You know, 10 hours a week for 10 years. I guarantee you're going to solve that. You know, but we don't think like that. We think instant. And I was in that boat too. And I look at it. I like, what is instant manifestation? Like I want it. And I've done all those things. And that the closest thing I can get to that is visualization, but it's more of a game and a process. And it goes into like, um, really, you know, simple, simple concepts, because this is, I think, a spiritual game, a spiritual simulation. And, and to apply these, you know, these metaphysical 5D ascension, things like that, it's kindness. It's kindness and purpose. And whatever you give to yourself, whatever you love to do, whoever you are is exploring that, you know, and not killing it within yourself. This is your game to play and honor that game. Honor yourself. And, uh, you know, we're not doing that and we're not connecting to the others. You know, you want to serve, like just say hello to somebody who is getting coffee. Be kind to people. Make a difference how you can. You don't have to go full Mother Teresa. Just be present. Be kind. Get their name. That's it simple things but if, if everybody did this and was kind of mindful it would shift our communities and it would shift our world because what what's happening is this extreme isolation heads down you know don't look at anyone um but the opposite of just being aware being conscious being kind helping when you can and uh you know and doing things that fulfill you and then you're showing people the example of that this is so empowering. I mean, I, I like how you're touching on um, the fact that we're creating our lives moment to moment, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we're being intentional about it or not. I think a lot of times we fall into the trap of just focusing on the part about creating our lives intentionally, but we, we're not really aware or, or speak about the fact that even if we're not doing it um, awarely or intentionally, we're still creating the the negative side of it and that 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 was really interesting uh something that i just picked up on when you were talking then that's the first time i've heard it put in in that actual way matt hmm. right on yeah well it's true right and and i think that uh you know it's it, life is uh i you know I've, I've i've really wanted to pursue enlightenment you know that was i read a lot of books on enlightenment zen enlightenment you know spiritual enlightenment uh, awakening ascension you know i'm I'm going to go try it. If it, it. I don't care if someone's like, okay, you, you do like four push-ups and then you do three squats and then you grab a piece of grass and you twirl it and you say hello to the sun. and you do, Even if it's ridiculous, I'm going to give it a shot just to see what happens. And so in my experimentation of, of figuring out what enlightenment is, um, things like that, it's, it's broken down to two elements for me. And one of them is 100% responsibility for self. Anything that's in your reality or that has ever happened to you, just take responsibility for it because... Uh, otherwise you're going to be a victim and from that consciousness you can't change anything you got to be have be a creator consciousness um so then you can hold it like okay cool i just broke my leg snowboarding that sucks what am i going to do with that now what's the most powerful and positive perspective i can have with that so you're you're owning all of your experiences good and bad you know even if they're hard um and then the second thing is to think about 
Um, you know, what can I give? How can I, how can I help? You know, and that was one of the things too. When I, I noticed a lot of people on the podcast, they'll go, you know, I had an awakening here. I had an awakening here. I had an awakening here. I didn't have an awakening. I was always the same way. And I don't know what that means, but the biggest element that I can say to that is I've never thought to myself, what can I go get from somebody? I've always thought about how can I help? I've always thought, how can I help? And that for me is like the difference. People like they go and do acquire because we're in a competitive, dangerous environment. Well, that's what they try to impose, right? Out there is dangerous. Go get the money. If you don't get the money, you're not going to get any food. You know, you got to be indoors, right? You got to, you got to get some because that guy will get more than you. And I never had that thought. It was just like, what can I give? How can I help? There's so much of an issue here. How do I empower myself so I can give more? That's what an enlightened person is to me. And the best part about that, I would say like the third element is you doing the things that you love empowers the community in the world the most. And it's a vibrational game, not a, not a physical, you got to go solve world hunger type of deal. It's you being yourself. And um, so if you're in the forest, I always use this an analogy as a beaver. So if a beaver is in the forest and he's trying to be a bird, he's going to suck at being a bird. And, and uh, all the stuff he's supposed to do is not going to get done and he's going to hate life. Right, But when he remembers he's a beaver and he starts doing beaver things, he's chopping down the trees, he creates the dam, and then all the things that live off the dam are now thriving and then the forest is happening naturally. And they're like, thank you for being you. And that's what it's like when you connect with who you are and what you want to do. That's you being you and your life is great. And that's really what it comes down to. A lot of people, and I, when, when people say they, or, you know, it's, oh, I can't, they are like this or they, anything outside, just say I. You know, because you affect your reality, you cannot affect anyone else's. Just do the best to affect your reality. Focus all that energy inward. What is your dream life? What is your um, paradise on earth? And you get a lifetime to create that. And in doing that, you serve the entire uh, community and the, and the entire world. And you'll have opportunities to do more. If you want to help, the, an opportunity will come. Say, hey, would you like to help with this? You can say yes, participate. But we get stuck, I feel like, in this mind game, and we're not doing anything. We're not talking to our neighbors. We're not empowering ourselves. We're giving a lot of energy away, and we get confused. It's a very confusing game out there with all the stuff going on around consciousness, enlightenment, ascension, woke, all this stuff. You know, it's it's being kind to yourself and others, being compassionate to yourself and others, uh, being of service to others. You know, not what can I get, but what can I give? How can I serve? Who am I? Really, and when you're lit up and you're happy, you're happy and you're stoked on life. That's the gift, right? Like my my sister was talking the other day, and she's just like, you know, I see so many people get so much joy out of me being ridiculous. You know, she's a beautiful lady, and uh, she'll just be so awkward and ridiculous. But you see people in the city, and they just think it's weird. But then it gives them permission to be a little bit weird, to step out of that shell or whatever this idea of this what they have rather than having fun and enjoying life, enjoying existence. You know, I think that we're being sold that it needs to be serious and it's dangerous and there's dangerous elements, or you can have a perspective of this is fun and this is amazing and we're blessed and, and you can have the power to overcome all of the challenges you'll face and you'll, you'll get some, you know, that's life. Um, and so it's just navigating the same reality just with a different perspective. There sure is a lot of power to being the example. Uh, and I think that's where social media is so special. Uh, a lot of, uh, sometimes we hear a lot of negativity about social media. And of course, there's 
positives and negatives to everything. But what I find so fascinating about social media is that, for instance, someone like yourself, you, you're walking your path, you're being that example by just being yourself, you know, and, and everybody can see that. And I don't think there's many things that are more inspiring or empowering uh, for us than, than actually seeing that for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's doing it for yourself ultimately, right? All these choices are, are for you. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. You, you affect your reality. You know, I just spent two weeks with a native elder of the Mi'kmaq nation and his lineage goes back like 20,000 years or something. He was on my podcast three times. Check it out. His name's David Lombard Senefas. I've met a lot of people and I'm hunting down the superheroes and I've never met anyone like him. Uh, just an extraordinary human being. Um, can't remember where the heck I was going with that, um, but he taught me a lot of a lot of different things. I'll just say that uh, one of them one of them was just talking about being you know being uh, kind, compassionate, and happy, and it's a spiritual vibration. And so, oh yeah, this is where I was going to go with it. God, he's like, uh, he's I was like, well, what? I was like, what are your thoughts on God? Right, his upbringing, everything's totally different. He's like, you're you're God. He's like, you're all God. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he's just like, well. God would be somebody that can affect and change reality. And it, you, God could could affect reality. So, of course, through my decisions, my choices, my perspectives, I affect my reality. So, in that sense, I am definitely God. I am in that way, and all of us have that. And when we bring that power in, and we communicate, and again with the body, we communicate with the body. We really get in where we have the trees and the sun and all of this. Uh, information at our fingertips by by tuning in and so you're the only one that can affect your reality no one outside you can do it and so we we start bringing the power back in and then designing our lives and thinking about it over a two-year span five-year span ten-year span now you're giving yourself some space there's nothing you have figured out overnight I think patience is the key, 100%. Um, I was watching a clip of a, a Japanese businessman talking about uh, a business that he started and just saying, you know, look, compared to the West, we look at our businesses like our children. You know, when your business is one, two or three years old, like they can barely walk, uh, let alone you know, do anything else. So it's all about putting in, putting in, putting in, putting in. You, you're not going to try to take something back out of like a, a, a toddler. And just when you were just talking about that, I, I was thinking about um, that myself. And of course, uh, Tom Campbell talks about uh, modifying future probabilities and just hearing you um, sharing this with this gentleman um, saying that we're all like uh, gods because we can change our reality. It's just so interesting how there's so many different ways of saying the same thing and it kind of always comes back to the same thing, doesn't it? It all comes back to the exact same thing. Yeah, 100%. And I like that. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. You know, it's over... Um, yeah, a couple of years. It's, it's such a good way to put it. Like for the podcast, it's a good one for me. Like I think I did episode 156, 157 the other day. And it's been like a three years doing it. And, you know, the whole time I've made like pretty much zero dollars, <laughs> a couple bucks here and there. And but now and I and I never did it with the intention to make money. Like I'm going to make money through a podcast. That was never the idea. It was like these people are amazing and I want to share their stories. People can learn a lot from these people. That was my intention. It still is. But now I realize I'm like, whoa, once this thing turns on, it's on. 
you know yes and now i can see it I'm like heck yes you know then it's on and i and i couldn't equate that at the time i had no idea how a podcast would make money i didn't even think it was possible i just did it because i wanted to do it and now i'm like oh when this sucker turns on it's on and i'm good and uh right but that's three three years you know of, of doing something because i because i wanted to do it you know and i felt like it helped right but it's like your own uh what's that word when you got to go through like the crucible or whatever it's your own thing man it's not easy and you just keep putting it in but that's it it's, it's not the secrets to success in life are simple but they're really hard to execute and you know what it what it comes down to all this stuff i like to simply ask and so what is the meaning of life what is the point of all this how can we be happy and the answers are really simple the you know the meaning is like whatever you give it the purpose is whatever you make it and um you know and i think that ultimately we're here to have fun and we're to enjoy this experience and do it out of love and fit like that connection with spirit is like earned you know you get to earn it and uh, just know that you're way more powerful than you, you possibly know you couldn't even know how powerful you are listen i've been to like states of consciousness where it shatters everything you think about anything and but you know that you're a part of that higher source it's like you're i don't know the analogy that i come up with a lot of time is like you're a dolphin that believes you're a goldfish you know you didn't even know that you can jump out of the water and explore all these lands and you know who knows what's going on in the water but that you can communicate with people to your your species telepathically and i think that's what's happening on the planet we're waking up to the realization of how powerful we are and we do this through community we do this through going through our own crap we do this through being kind on a daily basis and uh, we earn our own self-mastery i love how you keep going back to this thing about kindness you know um i think i think more more of us need to be talking about kindness love you know you've i think you've you've said it maybe four or five times already you know uh during this live cast that um you know being kind to other people finding the the thing within you to to be doing that in in serving people in the simplest ways you know the the little things are the big things yeah yeah 100% man it's it is simple you know i could go on peak performance all day and and flow state and and i have challenge with like the terms of like biohacking and stuff like that and it's like what's the point What's the point, man? You know, like yes, like I love high performance and I do that, but there's a deeper resonance. If you want to be a high performer, you want your mind to work. How do you want your mind to work? You want peace. You really want inner peace. That's the ultimate, right? Any athlete that I work with, you know, it's like, you know, it's like stress hormones. So you're gonna miss the game winning, or you're gonna take the game winning shot. We're talking LeBron James gonna make the game winning shot. Now, if his identity's on the line, like his self-worth, I mean, he's going to have stress hormones going through. But if he doesn't really care, if he, like, he wants to make it, he's intending to make it. But if he's okay with missing it, he's way more likely to make it. Because he's not his, his self-worth isn't on the line. It's like, oh, man, I missed. We lost the championship. That sucks. You're going to be upset about it. But you're like, you know what? Why don't we get that team and invite them over for a barbecue a week later, see what we could do in the youth community, get together use sport for good that would make them feel fulfilled because that actually means something you know not that it doesn't mean like you know add you're not going to be fully fulfill, fulfilled if you don't add your own meaning and your own service in a way to contribute you know like uh, in any way that's really where it comes from 
And so, you know, we can look at sport and like how, you know, inter- internal dialogue, right? That's a part of it. What do you say to yourself? People don't monitor that. It's an important thing. How you visualize that skill is very important, very useful. And ultimately, you use them to understand what you're saying to yourself. You know, am I being kind to myself? Because if you're not being kind to yourself, you can't be kind to others. And so you're basically learning to do this internally. It's this internal mastery so you can share that with someone else because people are suffering and this planet does need a lot of help and we need more kind people. And I just saw a live talk with the Dalai Lama and that's all he talks about. You know, all we're talking about is how we can get and how we can acquire and how we can master and how we can even do better and, and work even harder and get more and more stuff. You know, that's, we need less stuff, man. We need to be more friggin' human. We need to say hi to our neighbors. We need to go out of our way to be nice to people. We need to be compassionate to ourselves. That's what we need. You know, that's what's because we're going to go through life. And then as you start to connect more and more with yourself, you're going to start to light up and unfold. And that's what enlightenment is. You're holding more light, right? Light and dark. It's, it's like a, like density. So dense, you know, light is happiness, joy, uh, you know, laughter, um, encouragement, excitement. Um, enthusiasm those are all light they feel light right and anxiety depression right fear those are dense those are those you know people are stuck in that and so if you want to help people get yourself into the lighter states the lighter vibration and people will come to you it's not about fixing them not you know it's like the the, one of the things I'll, i'll kind of share is like it's like the whole world is out of shape okay mentally right but you just imagine like physically everyone on the planet's 400 pounds and they have diabetes you want to help them get in shape just be the person who is in shape showing an example that's it that's what you can do that's as much as you can help and if you want to write a book and do a course about it great go do that um, but that's the best thing that you can do so finding that peace and resonating that peace on a daily basis because it's easy to say but it's hard when somebody cuts me off in traffic and almost hits me with a huge truck <laughs> you know I mean? it's hard then right that's you know and yeah, the last point that I'll make that I kind of ranted there was just like, you know, I see this even a lot in the spiritual community too. People are great at being spiritual and conscious unless somebody challenges them. You know, you're not, you're not your master of spirituality when someone's like, Hey, I love you. You're amazing. You're, you're tested when someone says you suck. You're a loser. I am totally against everything you're doing. How do you act? That's the chance. It's, you know, it's all great. It's kind of like it, you know, I equated to fighting. It's all super great in the gym and hey but somebody punches you really in the face really hard now you figure out what you're made of because now nothing's perfect now you know what i mean it's like oh crap <laughs> right it's now different and that's what we need to apply and it'll hurt you feel it i feel it you know when it happens and i just alchemize it and do my best and if, if i noticed that like in the past where i i didn't do so great um i i'm like okay i didn't do so great next time maybe i can improve that reaction that i did I'm loving this, bro. This is really, really good. So like the foundations, the foundation of of everything that you're talking about here from your heart right now is really just um, connecting with other people, being kind in those moments where we're being tested um, by what's going on, the way that we choose to handle that, not so much during uh, the times where things are easy, but, but during the times where things are really tough. If we can put our best foot forward and be kind in those difficult moments, in those real testing moments, um, that's kind of like the real deal, isn't it? That everything else is built on top of. Yeah, you know, it's how are how how are you navigating life and being a human? You know, how how kind can you be all of the time? You now, how 
really like there's there's skills and there's techniques for sure so you know you want to be enlightened okay cool well that's you know that's it take 100 responsibility for yourself realize that you create your reality figure out who you are and think about how you can help but then actually do it and you do it over a day and then a week and then a month and then six months and then a year and you make that your priority that's the thing is people aren't committed to making it the priority right when you're out in public and you're doing your thing do your best to be kind and be kind to yourself that's the hardest one most people if you if you took their dialogue with what they've said to themselves and you said that to another human she'd probably beat you up you know <laughs> you know if you can do that one and you can learn and cultivate that skill of awareness and mindfulness and biohacking and ascension and all that all it is is learning to quiet your mind and you can do that you can learn that in a week meditate you know in the book you know like i just I make everything so simple so i have a meditation hack okay you want to learn how to meditate this is what you do one minute day one two minutes day two three minutes day three four minutes day four five minutes day five day six six minutes continue with 10 days 10 minutes you're actually doing it so you get stuck in the mind but after 10 days you're gonna realize oh okay i get it and it's not it's not hard right you're just gonna learn to watch your thoughts you're like whoa that's interesting and so then you're actually taking action and so you know you want to design your life sit down you know you can use the heart journey as a as a guide He's like, but sit, write down in journal. What do I like to do? What are some things I like to do? You know, I'm continuously designing my life because things change all the time. So I'm moving with it. I'm moving with my joy. I'm moving with the opportunities. I'm listening to myself. And and I, and I have faith. And that's how you build faith with, with nature and the universe and have a connection with God or spirit. You know, I think a lot of people in the world have lost the spiritual connection because of, you know, religious programming. Um, you know, religion, I think that there, anyone who's religious, is, it's great, you know, be that. Um, but there's a lot of people who were in religion and, and, and were really confused. And they kind of like, no, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of this because of the experience they had, because there are some experiences in the church that can be intense and not maybe all inclusive. Let's just say that. So now we've just X'd out this um, spiritual force, this connection. With, with like you and nature, you know? It's like you're a bear in the forest, but you have no, you don't believe in anything anymore. You don't believe in the power of the river and the sun and you just, you shut it out because somebody told you a story. Now you, you don't know how to connect with it. Well, God is within you. That's where it is. It's where everybody says any religious book that's any good will tell you that. And um, that's where you find it. And you find that stillness. But when you learn to connect with it, that force, you know that it's always with you and it is in everything. It, it's, it's everywhere and every single thing and it's on your side. And that's a, you know, a really powerful piece of cultivation, but there's so much mysticism. Do I, am I, do I go Christian or do I go Muslim or do I go Buddhist or do I go this thing or do I go that thing? How do I do it? How do I get that? What are the consequences if I mess it up? There's so much crap that we are dealing with. And, you know, for me, being spiritual, being a spiritual master, being a, uh, religious masters, being kind to yourself, being kind to others in action, not in thought, in action indeed. Even if they're, if you are a Christian and this is a Muslim and you believe the exact same thing, you can be kind to them. You don't even have to believe the same thing. Just be kind. They're, they're having their own life experience. You let them, I don't care what somebody is. If you want to be religious, be religious as you want. Just be kind. You know, also, but cultivate your connection. If that helps you create a connection with God and nature and your community, great do that that's your way right and so a lot of people like 
the church isn't what it used to be. So now people are just going around, but they're not even thinking about creating a connection with themselves and God and spirit, you know, and spirit, whatever you want to call it, nature. And so when you do cultivate that through meditation, through getting out into the forest with yourself, going in with reading good quality spiritual texts and exploring that idea, that's the ultimate connection. And that's what we're looking for. And that's where you find peace. That's where you find connection. That's where you find faith. And that's when you really step into the, you know, the realization that you are a creator, you know it, and you have this like force that is what's, what's beating the bird's heart right now. What's going to keep me awake when I see what's going to, what's, what's building all of life. What is that force? We can connect to that force, that energy. And we're always connected to it, but we're not paying attention or giving it any kind of value. It's like, yeah, don't worry about the sun. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Don't worry about nature and all of life. Like that stuff's not important. What's important is you got to get to work at 9 a.m. and take life seriously and make sure you got some little gold stacked up here and here and here and here and make everything serious and make sure that guy doesn't steal your shit and now you're good. It's so, you know, what about just going out into nature, sitting with a little cabin on the on a beach for like 10 years and just connecting with the ocean and living simply and being a human and saying hi to everybody on the beach and enjoying your life and being in peace? You know, or anything in between. Those are two pretty polars, but you get the point. It's all about like practical reality, isn't it? Moment to moment, making those decisions like in real time, living it, breathing it, instead of getting lost in the theory and, you know, other people's opinions and um, centralized belief systems that, that it's so easy to get lost in that track. I, I love what you're saying because putting things so simply so anyone can understand it you know as a living breathing thing acceptance of other people you know and where they're at in their journey um, not judging them uh, coming from the heart um, th this is all stuff that uh, when we hear it 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 sounds it's like music to our ears something deep down resonates so much with it oh, thanks man yeah yeah I appreciate that <sighs> you know yeah, all that stuff is. Uh, I think I think that what's going on is you know I've 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 read so many books. I've spent thousands of dollars on courses. I've done like personal development, spirituality, you know, channeling, whatever I could do to find this because I wanted to be enlightened. I wanted to know what that state. I wanted a higher state of consciousness. Not realizing I had it the whole time and not realizing how freaking simple it was. It's simple, but so hard to freaking do. It's so hard to do on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. And we know it, and, it, and it's just literally just, you know, being present, being kind. And what happens, what you're talking about is like, you know, you got, you know, Zen Athlete and a thousand other books over here, and you got, you know, the Dalai Lama and all these different things. You got all these religions and things, and you're going out to seek. Now, it's great. Bring it in Buddhism. They call it uh, mental nutriments. And as far as if I was going to pick a philosophy, I'd go with Buddhism because it's practical. And um, you know, they give you the you know the four precepts, and it all makes perfect sense, right? And you get to go through the life to just to kind of uncover this. Um, but we get lost, and then we battle rather than just letting the information in and being present with ourselves. You know, just being literally present with ourselves as we go through and just watching the mind when it just goes on turbo, uh, like so nuts, you know. And so how much of the day are you spending in joy? You know, even if you can get 30 minutes of happiness, what's that thing every day? You know, people are spending whole years, decades unhappy. They get like a week of 
happiness. Like, what makes you happy? Who, where did this come from where it was serious and everything is stressful? Now, I know life can be serious and I know that you got to pay bills and stuff. But what about just limiting that stuff? What about getting really to the core? How can you, how can you bring it in as well? You know, because it is simple. It's very, very simple, but really hard to do. Are we living in a simulation, Matt? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'll just give you my thoughts on that. I, I don't know. So, yeah, with anything, take anything I say with a grain of salt because I'm always learning and then somebody will just shatter my reality or I'll have an experience <laughs> and be like, wait, I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I did. That's one of the other things too. It's just like, yeah, I know how little I know. And oh yeah, the other really important thing is experience. That's all we really know, right? You can read someone's books, you can talk about it, but I know what it's like to be on Mount Everest. I even had an argument with a guy on Reddit. I posted something, he was being a total knob. And then uh, then, he, then I saw a post about Everest and I was like, bro, I actually hiked Everest. Are you going you gonna to tell me what Everest is like too? And he did. And then he talked some smack after that. People are ridiculous. You know, but you go, you, so, um, I can't even remember what it was about, but I remember that comment, but go experience your life. You honor what you're experiencing. That's what you know. You know what I mean? What you know is your experience. So go get the experiences that you find valuable, that you find exciting, you know, go get those, you know, learn things that excite you. Those are your experiences. That's what you know. You know that all the other stuff you don't know. So simulation again, I don't know what I know about that, but I do know some things. Um, I haven't actually. I'll tell you a story. I haven't told anyone yet, um, and I get, I'm going to do a separate. Um, been meaning to do a video on it. Okay, so it's a good question. Um, I've been in states of meditation where it's like my consciousness shifts into something else. It's so beyond this, and when it comes back into this consciousness, I know that something is like this isn't the real thing. So, uh, like, when I'm out there, it's like oneness. I'm like, whoa, this is more real than fear. Now, I've interviewed Tom Campbell. You know Tom Campbell's work. And he is uh, saying that the science, and a lot of people are saying that the science is showing that we are in a simulation. Um, I was two weeks with David Lone Bear Senapas, who is the native elder of the Mi'kmaq Nation. He is also a scientist. Um, he is a mathematician. And he shared with me that we are in a simulation also. So what does that mean? Okay, so we're in a simulation, then we're, what is the point? If we're in a simulation, what the heck is the point? And what David shared with me is to have fun. And he goes, think about it. I was like, okay, I, I was asking him all these questions. He told me Atlantis on my podcast. He goes, Atlantis wasn't, like, we went out there, man. He goes, Atlantis wasn't a continent. It was a ship. And there were, like, seven other ships. And apparently in his culture, they know all the names of this stuff. Like, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother Wow. Thing. Yeah, so we went for it, you know. But when he came back into the in, in, into like the important stuff, um, um, you know, I was like, okay, humans just want to grow and they want to and they want to explore and they want to have fun and they want to be free. Like, how do we do that? And he goes, T's. It's like he speaks in acronyms and T's is time, earth, air, and space. And I was like, oh, that's okay. He's like, we have all that. And he's like, yes. And then um, I was like, okay, well, what the heck is the point of this? Then he goes have fun you guys are just messing it up so bad and so if this is a simulation and we're living in it what is the point is it you know you're gonna die right you know you're gonna die so you got everything in the middle you can make it super serious or you can make it fun and as alan watts will talk about you can dance through life you can dance through 
all of this growth. And just think about like, you know, I think there's somewhere between 20 and 30. That's why I really like talking to older people, 40, 50, 60, because they've, they've done some living. But zero to 10 years old, you, you don't know what's going on. 10 to 20, you think you know what's going on, but you still don't know what's going on. You're just trying to probably, if you're a boy, kiss a girl, figure out all that stuff, not get beat up in high school, all that kind of stuff, right? 20 to 30, they, the world tells you you need to be an adult and you got to get a Mercedes and all the girls because then you're cool, right? Then you stack up your coin, you got a Mercedes with some spinners on there, you're a baller, life is great. Um, a lot of people spend 20 to 30 in educating themselves and you know getting that education and then they get that job yes we got the job and then they got the security 30 to 40 they go through that and they're working the job you know or they're getting that money or whatever the case they're doing um then 40 to 50 another decade goes and then some something around there they might be like "Ooh, like what the heck am i doing you know what am i doing um and so if we can think of decades of time how do we go from zero to ten we don't know anything ten to twenty we definitely don't know what's going on right we're still figuring it out 20 to 30 we get an education by the time that we receive that education it's outdated by years and years and years already because we can learn so quickly now so what makes you think that you're still not a dumbass between 30 and 40 and 40 and 50 i know that i know that i don't know anything at all there's way too much but what i do know is my experiences i know that i know what i can experience and and i know what i've gone through i know what i've seen and so um, if I can dance through these things, you know what I mean? And we just continue to learn in the spirit of playful growth and kindness and joy and listening to ourselves. That's going to be a powerful life experience and simulation, right? In a spacesuit, in the spacesuit, like when I go into that deep set of meditation, I can't touch anything. I can't taste anything. I can't hold somebody. I can't go feel cold water. We have the most incredible planet all just look at a butterfly man like oh my like just look at a kid in the awe of everything we should be in awe this is incredible but somehow we've been hypnotized out of that into something else that is not even real to to forget this thing that's right in front of us the magic and 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 because it's become stressful because it became serious because someone's going to come get you no one's going to get you and if they do well you know you know, if somebody horribly murders me, I'm like, darn, shh, that sucks. What am I going to do about it, right? I'll deal with it if it happens. Like, that would suck, though. I can't go and live my life like that, though. It could be logical. You may, might not want to go to the wrong part of town and be a dummy about it, but, you know. Um, so anyway, so I've had, the, I've had reality crack on me a few times, and this happened to me at Envision. I haven't shared the story yet, um, so, and I think the girl was Australian, too. So I'm going to a vision festival in Costa Rica and uh, I get off the plane. I'm getting on the bus to go in. I meet these two people, uh, Ben and his girlfriend. I can't remember her name, but she was tall and beautiful and really unique looking and had awesome tattoos. And we made friends. And I don't see him until two days into the festival. I see him two days in the festival and he's playing a flute. And I was like, yo, Ben, how's it going, man? He's like 16. He's a great guy. He's like, looks at me dead serious right in the eyes and goes the universe gifted me this flute and when i started playing it i got taken to a cave with nine beings that started to download galactic knowledge to me and i was like what <laughs> and i've had weird experiences <laughs> in my life man and you know like the things that i've done like that's 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 a normal that's a friday night conversation between me and some people so i'm like oh my god and so i started asking them some questions and you can see in his eyes how he was trying to figure out what had just happened to him and then relay it to me. 
he was like processing what would happen to bring it out to share. And he's like, I was like, well, like what? I was like, well, what's the deal with the flute? He goes, the flute is a uh, is a communication device. They said they've been here long before us, and they're going to be here long after us. Um, but they don't want to just talk to anybody. They, so this is actually a communication. David Lone Bear makes flutes and is a native elder. I know the native elder of the Zuni Nation, and they talk about the star people of the star nations. The two native elders, they know this. It's not in their culture. It's like not. It's like obviously, like we know this. Is like duh. Like you know, it's like you can't come and like we've been, we know this document. They know it. So and I was like, oh, and he has his native flute. So I text David. I was like, hey, I know flutes are for now. Please make me one. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that was after. So I, he tells me a little bit uh, more about it, about the experience. I was like, whoa. I was like, well, man, next time, like, see if you can take me with you. That sounds nuts. So um, I was like, that's that's wild. So. I, the next day, I go and I go into a meditative state and I say, okay, um, I want an experience with God or ETs in a way that I know that it's uh, undeniable. And I had a little bit of mushrooms left and I had a little bit of MDMA left and I take them both. Not a lot. I've taken a lot of mushrooms in my life. This was not one of those times. I would say like maybe like half a gram or nothing. And, and like very minimal, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to use it. So I'll, I'll preface that so you can say it was the drugs if you want, because <laughs> we'll give you that gateway. Um, so, so, um, so I do that, and I and I actually hold a walking meditation for like five minutes. It's pretty epic. I really like when I get, so I hold it and I say, I want an experience with God and ETs in a way that I know it is undeniable for myself. And I held that and I did a walking meditation, kind of like Dr. Joe style. Dr. Joe just spends if you guys know his work or whatever. Walk, I go get, um, I like to get face painted, and, and so I got some glitter, and then I'm walking out to go dance because I just let it go, right? Who knows what's going to happen? I think I'm going to go dancing, right? Dance my butt off to some great music. And uh, there's this girl painting faces. Or she, she has this paint in front of her, and I know she's painting faces. So I sit down with her, and she, I was like, hey, would you mind hooking up some white face paint? She's like, no, we'll do a trade. I was like, sure. So I give her some, like, these little... And nuts they had like these uh i don't know cow nuts or something that everyone by they're delicious give her some of those she paints my face i was like hey do you want to like i call them a cosmic blessing or whatever because i always look like a wizard and i got a hood on and i look nuts and, and so i have a tuning fork which is near me and but basically you whack the tuning fork and uh you put it and it vibrates at a frequency to put you in harmony and i teach people basically this um you know when I do this thing, I was like, okay, what do you want in your life? The reason why, and I get them to imagine that. And I was like, the reason why people don't bring it into reality is because there's no willpower. So if you imagine, uh, you know, you're like, okay, I desire this universe. Right. And then we're in an electrical universe. So we point like, okay, I want uh, the perfect job. And so the universe goes, okay, let's measure that. That's 0.02 Hertz. Great. Thank you. Um, but what if through your affirmation or your intention, you willed it like, uh, and this is from the scientific affirmations from Yogananda. So it's a really great book, super small. Um, and he's like, what if your, your kid was under a car, you know, uh, screaming and dying? Would you worry about how much that car weighed or would you just sit with every fiber and molecule and muscle of your being to move that thing? Everything you had in R would move that car, right? So what if you took that willpower into your affirmations? So then you do that, and the universe goes, "Oh wow, that's a you know 500.2 hertz on the frequency scale." And now you're matching that vibration at a high scale. So I teach them that, 
and then I put the thing on their head as they imagine. I'm like, will it in? Like, just do your best to will it in. And I'll and I do the third eye and the head and back and go like that. And I shoot some chi at them and all that kind of good stuff that I learned over my own little way of doing it. And so she goes, so we do that. And then she, as soon as she's done, she goes into a meditative state. And I was like, cool. I'm, you know, usually it takes them about 30 seconds to a minute to pop out anyways. So she goes into a meditative state. So I go into a meditative state. The second I start to meditate, I get launched. Like I start going into deep meditation. They're like, whoa, I come out. She's still meditating. I close my eyes to go back in. Boom. I'm launched again. I'm like, holy crap. I'm going really deep. Come back out. And it's been like 10 minutes now. I keep going in and out. And it's like, well, I got to come back because like maybe this girl's waiting for me to like say bye or whatever. Right. And I'm just, now I'm stuck. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to hold her hands. And, uh, and if I hold her hands, then she can just give me like a little squeeze and you know, I'll pop out. So great. Hold her hands. We're sitting there meditating together. And, uh, and then I just get launched, man. The deep, deepest meditation I've ever had. I've had a couple experiences similar and very deep, but this by far was the deepest meditation I've ever had. And f- probably 10, 20 minutes goes by, and I'm like gone. And so I hear some footsteps coming, and, and I have this like, why? I, I, I felt the hand squeeze first. I felt like a little hand sh- like touch. So I open my eyes. When I open my eyes, I'm in like, oneness eyes like I'm in like like my consciousness is here I'm definitely here but I am in like no mind I'm in definitely non-local no mind pure like it was intense and so I see these feet I think and I hear them in a flash right the corner of my eye like we're sitting right in front of each other a flash is all I see and I hear the footsteps and a Polaroid is dropped on her lap and I just see it come right down and the Polaroids drop and I see the Polaroid, and I'm like, that's interesting. And um, it's white. It's just white. It's like, it's just got taken. It's fresh. And it starts to come up. It starts to come up. It starts to come up. And I'm looking. I'm just looking. And it starts to take shape. And I was like, hmm, that's odd. And then I'm like, what? And I'm looking. I'm like, okay, wh- what the what the F? It is, it looks, the background looks like Egypt. One big uh, stone, huge, like a two, because I was just in Egypt. Nassim Harami in the residence. So there's a this is a backstory for all of this too. Stone and I swear to God on my life on everything that it was a picture of Thoth the being and it wasn't a hieroglyph. He was like eight, twelve feet tall, completely jacked, like super. He's a jacked being, whatever being was in this photo. And there was a girl in a chair. Okay, my mind goes, what the f like what the f i I was like oh my what the f i didn't and he's holding a pen and if you look in the hieroglyphs he's always got a pen if you look at me when i'm doing that i'm holding the pen in the exact same way but it's not a pen it's a vibrational device so i'm thinking what the f but this oneness consciousness non-local mind feeling is so strong it goes and i go okay matt she's right in front of you the picture's right on her lap you can just meditate. Let's get, let's stay in this non-local mind, beautiful experience. You'll open your hands and she'll be in front of you. It's like, okay, cool. We can deal with that. Go back into the meditation. Boom. Completely launched again. Just out there. Maybe 10, 15 minutes goes by. I don't know. Um, I feel the squeeze again. I open my eyes. When I open my eyes, <laughs> I'm stuck in this non-local mind again. I look like a yogi. If you go to like <laughs> India and you ever see the sadhu, they're looking like I'm not looking at you through mad. I'm looking at like I'm 
it's just very no mind. Okay, so she looks at me, she's like, huh. It's like, hmm, like a smile, and then like, huh, like what? Right? And then she starts to pack up her stuff. She's packing up her stuff. I'm still, I can't get back to my body just yet. And I don't think <laughs> oh my she, God. she packs up her things and she starts to leave. So I think, oh my God, this girl can't go anywhere. Like, I got to come back. It takes me a bit to like get into my body. And then I find after she's taken two, three steps away, I, I just go, please wait, please wait. And she just keeps walking away pretty briskly. And I was like, darn it. And so I'm like, I got to go after And I'm thinking, I was like, do I go after her? I was like, that might be weird. She's freaked out. But I was like, I got to figure out what's going on. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go after her. So I get up and I try to take a step. My right leg is completely numb. I can't feel it. I'm like, it's like my, my leg is toast and I can't walk. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is going on? So I sit back down and I start rubbing my leg. And I'm just thinking to myself, what in the flying F-bomb is going on here? And I'm just rubbing my leg, rubbing my leg. And then... 30 seconds later, she comes walking back down the path very briskly, <laughs> right towards me. She walks right up to me, does not look at me, looks all around me and goes, where's the photo? And I was like, I don't have it. She's like, where's the photo? And I was like, I promise I don't have it. She's like, empty your pockets. I was like, I was like, listen, I'll do anything you, you ask. I promise I don't have it. What did you see? Like, what did you see? And she's just like, empty your other pocket. I emptied my other pocket and I, I didn't have it. I lift it. She's like, lift up your legs. I lift up my legs. I was like, I promise I don't have it. What did you see? Please look at me. She's like, no, she wouldn't look at me. And I was like, look, I, and then basically she looks at me really quick and like just concerned and then walks away. So I'm like, okay, she saw whatever she saw. I don't know if we saw the same thing. I don't know what the deal was, but it obviously freaked her the frig out. And so I know that whatever happened was confirmed by someone else. So then, <laughs> oh God. So then I look to my right and there's a tree and this tree is like the Bodhisattva tree. This is like the Buddha awakening tree. There's two roots that come up and it like will hold your hips. And I look at it and I was like, I think I'm supposed to go there. So I take three steps over to this tree. I park my butt in there and it's a perfect fit, just perfect. I then proceeded to get launched into this meditative state for six hours not once coming back and worrying about my body and i meditate a, a lot and i i a lot of time i'm in my mind and a lot of time you know i'm, I'm get a good conscious state going you know but not like this this is a i am launched in the deepest meditation state i've ever been in oneness no mind i could hear people around me and also have my consciousness like taken wherever um, i realized that the wind and i don't know this is one of things with the, the forest, the earth communicates through wind and it can send it across the oceans and communicate the other sides of the planet. I was like, oh, interesting. That's how wind works. I got like taken, I got taken to like the galaxies and, and I was, and I didn't even, and I, like when someone was near me, like I knew they were there, right? But I could also be anywhere else also. And just no concern with my body from, from midnight to 6 a.m. on the last day of a festival stuck in this glorious state. A few times I was like, oh i figured it out like maybe i'm just gonna sit by this tree and like that's life like i'm done like i saw no in that space i saw no need to ever leave <laughs> this 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 peace and this state and this experience and so around um you know the six hour mark i the body the body like my leg hurt 
so all of a sudden six hours later I start to feel pain I'm like oh crap okay now I'm starting to come out of this you know what I mean like you need to try and force it it's like no 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 like that experience is now done and so I'm like okay my leg's starting to hurt I go over to fire um, and I'm just I see one of my friends there and I'm starting to process what had just happened I didn't, I didn't know what the heck just happened um, I, I hope in saying this I, I, I want to know who that girl is and, and what she saw in that photo she I don't I, I think that I, eventually I will meet her again I think she might have been Australian she was uh, she was very she was living in Costa Rica she was blonde she was cute she might have been Australian um, I think one day I'll know um, but anyway I just got back from Egypt with Nassim Harami and the Resonant Science Foundation. I was in the King's Chamber with uh, Crystal Technology. They, you can go to artcrystals.com. They share that it creates a quantum field. The whole time I was in Egypt, they kept saying, this is an initiation, this is an initiation. I'm in the King's Chamber with the thing on my third eye, with a group of people going oming, with a group of the crystals behind my head. I'm the first group with this group is the first group to go on all three pyramids on one night on the full moon i don't know what this means but that links to egypt anyways in my in my experience right all i can share is my experience um because it sounds nuts i know that um (laughs) so um the other thing though the life and teachings of the masters of the far east which i've been which i was on book book four i was like this is an initiation that book is written by bear t spaulding uh, who's a scientific scientific researcher that followed uh, yogis around. And basically, it's the autobiography of a yogi on steroids. Within the first 30 pages, people are bilocating. And he asks them, how the heck can you bilocate? And they give great, beautiful answers. It's like this universe of light, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's an extraordinary, the gnarliest books I've ever read on spirituality and what's possible for an ascended master. And so I'm reading those books and realizing that I, this is an initiation for me at book four because it's talking about, you know, like what's possible and so in that book several times it mentions that uh, we can take photographic evidence of things that uh, like any period in history and I should I want to find the I'm gonna when I get when I do the YouTube video on it um, I'm gonna find the exact references but like they say time isn't what you think it is we can photograph physically any period in time we can actually do that they're like we can photograph the light leaving your body when you die like this light that's in you like photographing things that you sh- that you, you can't photograph but in that book specifically it mentions multiple times that stuff that shouldn't be able to be photographed can be photographed so that's how I'm wrapping up how and what happened I don't know what happened uh, I don't think that I'm Thoth. It wasn't that, but maybe he came for a visit. Maybe I just like stepped to the side or maybe, you know, on, on a practical, magical thing, maybe somebody just took a picture and then it's like some sort of thing with a preset image. You know, it's just a preset image that they have and they take a photo and then, the, you know, kind of like a, a preset painting. So you can set it to whatever. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just that too. You know, that's practical. I don't know. But um, it was, it, for me though, you know, with the experience that I've been doing and, and like for me to go to Egypt, I have to go all in, you know, all the stuff that I do for me going to like David, I'm always going all in on my complete faith with this higher power. And so I get these check marks, usually subtle, but I asked for it. Something multidimensional happened that freaked me out. And because I, I've experienced weird states, I was like, I can kind of handle it. But I was still like, what the flying F-bomb is going on? And then and then so then the picture just disappears. I th- thought she took it. And so. You know, um, and then I have this multidimensional experience. And if you read uh, the autobiography of a yogi, it's a lot like that. Yogananda just goes through 
and he does the daily practices and life is challenging and he deals with stuff and he gets sad and you know he does the teachings he does it and then all of a sudden super gnarly experience you know he's in like a cave somewhere with his masters being like how is this possible you know what is happening you know and so he has that but then after that he's got to go to california you know what I mean? he doesn't want to go to california because his home is in india you know and he's got to take the bus and you know, the, the boat it's long and treacherous it's you know human crap but then wild wild experience so um and i've you know i've seen a couple of ufos and stuff like that before but uh, nothing like that so i haven't shared that yet so thanks for letting me uh, share that bro that was that was absolutely amazing All right, guys, that wraps up part one with uh, me on the interview side from once. I hope that you enjoyed that. I'm really curious about your feedback. If you got some aha moments, I would love to hear what you liked. I would, If you liked the episode, share it uh, with your friends, with your family over on Facebook. Um, thank you so much to everybody who's supporting. Like I said, a huge shout out to Rock Savant uh, and Ramsey who's supported me on Patreon and Jeremy Carbone who's been putting in work making these short videos. So when you time code those aha moments, Jeremy's hooking it up and he's making these really short videos so we can share them because an hour and two hours is pretty daunting for some people and if we can just give them a minute to three minute clips of really powerful wisdom in which these shows are are packed of because we have lots of amazing guests and hopefully um, I had some words of wisdom in there as well um, you know we can inspire people to go a little bit deeper so thank you so much for all of you supporting sharing leaving reviews talking about it with your friends whatever you're doing it's so appreciated Uh, I want to thank my sponsor Purium just use bit.ly forward slash activate health for a $50 gift card, get some CBD because that's good for you. And they have amazing products in health, wellness, cleansing, gut, everything. Um, some of them are 50 bucks and you can literally just use the gift card for that. So it's kind of a win-win. And also um, Sync Tuition, which is uh, 3D binaural beats. They're, it's an amazing technology and just go bit.ly forward slash gamma waves and you get three free tracks. So that's pretty cool too. So those of you guys who want me to come into your book clubs and you want me to speak and you want some coaching, um, whether you're you know solo and you're really looking for a life transition and a change and you want some help, hit me up. Or if you're looking for something a little bit more, we can we can do that as well. So just make an inquiry at mattbelair.com, uh, Matt at Zen Athlete, and we'll definitely get you hooked up. So just want to send out all of my love and appreciation to all of you guys. I, I am so grateful for all of you coming on this journey, uh, for being who you are, for wanting to um, you know make a difference in your own life to take control and to to um, have a better connection with yourself with truth with with seeking you know if you're listening to this you're a seeker and I'm seeking too and just trying to find people that I think are are valuable and have knowledge and and can support my growth and ideally your growth and have enlightening um, deep conversations about meaningful stuff so if you're here uh, and you're hearing this I love and I appreciate you dearly I hope that you have the strength and courage and knowledge and support in your life to navigate the challenges and know that you are enough that you are an amazing, perfect soul, just as you are. And so just to uh, end this, we'll, we'll do what we did at the beginning and we'll just do this firm hypnotic activation to be our number one cheerleaders, to be full of self-love and self-worth regardless of our external circumstances. So wherever you are, you can be walking down the street, just stop and take in a deep breath in through your nose, setting the intention to clear your mind, come to full, powerful peace and presence as you imagine golden platinum light coming down from the universe and, and energy from the earth coming up through your feet, just connecting you to the sky and to the earth and just 
pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose, bringing that universal source energy deep within you and connecting and making the firm declaration within you to be loving, kind, and supportive to yourself, to know 100% that you are worthy, perfect, whole, just as you are giving yourself time, space, forgiveness, compassion to have the human experience, to learn, to grow, to be kind and supportive to yourself. And just let that breath out slowly with all the limitations, all past programming, all self-criticism, just letting that go, being grateful for what it served and just moving on to a new stage now. Taking another deep breath in through your nose and just connecting to love and kindness for yourself to be your number one supporter. And just fill yourself up with this energy. And I want you to send this energy out to all beings on the planet, wishing them love and kindness and support to themselves, compassion for themselves, healing for themselves, understanding and connection with their brothers and sisters and ultimately to themselves. And just see this energy go out to the entire world. And I'm sending you that energy now, all of my love, peace, compassion, kindness, energy, support, so that you may remember that you are perfect, whole, balanced, worthy of self-love and acceptance and your own kindness and compassion just as you are for space for forgiveness. And I want you to see all the energy of the world just coming back, all the beings that you touched and you send out your well wishes and your, your energy to you coming back magnified a million fold and just let that energy in knowing you are connected to all beings and allowing that to pulse through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. So there we go. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. All of my love and appreciation and gratitude. And I will see you in part two with me.